You're listening to Media on the Radio on WERA LP Arlington 96.7 FM. Media on the Radio is a podcast that features conversations with media professionals. Everyone from creators of media to those who do the marketing and distribution. This week, Lizbeth Kaufman comes on the podcast to talk about being brought up around filmmaking. And also her new venture called Kit Split, which she describes as the Airbnb for production gear. We talk about how she built the business, plus how it works. Also, for the Media on the Radio podcast listeners, you get 15% off your first Kit Split rental. Just enter the promo code KITSPLIT15. You have an interesting story, but you also didn't study media in college. So can you talk about what your connection is to media production? I was literally born into it. Um, So my my family, everyone is involved in film. Um, My dad is an independent filmmaker. He makes uh, cult horror films. Uh, So his company's called his his name is Lloyd Kaufman. His company is called Troma Entertainment. Um, If if your listeners know his films, they'll, they might know the Toxic Avenger. Um, so oh, wow. Do you really? know it? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, very, uh, very special kind of films um, that if, yeah, I've been very inspired by. But so, yeah, I was like literally born onto the film set. Um, and I worked with my dad growing up on movies and did little cameos in his, in his films. Um, and then my mom was the New York State Film Commissioner. So I sort of got film from her, you know, the other end, like she worked with a lot of like big budget films that were coming to New York. Um, so yeah, so I have this background in film and, uh, but I, I didn't work in it professionally. I actually, uh, I went to Yale undergrad and uh, had a career in, in consulting and policy here in DC. So I worked for five years in DC, um, like just down the street from the studio at the corporate executive board. Um, then I worked at the Podesta Group, the Center for American Progress, um, and finally in the Senate for Al Franken. That's an interesting thing because um, I have a friend that both of her parents are actors oh, yeah. and have been for a long time. And she kind of got into television production, but never really in front of the camera. So it sounds like from both angles, you are kind of taking a position near media production. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Troma is, they're all, they're, my dad is all about like supporting independent filmmakers, supporting other filmmakers. His motto is make your own damn movie. Um, and he's sort of fostered dozens of filmmakers and actors over the last 40 years. Um, so that was part of my inspiration to, to get involved with KitSplit and, and start up this company. We see ourselves at KitSplit as part of the this uh, trend to democratize the filmmaking process. Um, so I, I think of it as sort of an in, definitely an influence from my, my dad and my mom as well. That's interesting. And we can chat about KitSplit if you want. If, if you don't mind just giving us the, the quick you know, elevator pitch of what is KitSplit, because we're going to be mention, mentioning it a lot throughout this quick interview. So if you can just... What is Kit Kit Split? (laughs) Yes. So Kit Split is changing how content producers, filmmakers, videographers, photographers do their work. We're making it easier to get access to top quality cameras and related production equipment. Um, And the basics of what we are is we're a rental marketplace for cameras and production equipment. Um, Everything from 
you know, 5Ds to Ari Amiris, Phantom, Flex, um, and then all of the support and light sort of grip and everything that goes with it. We've been called the Airbnb of cameras because uh, we are an Airbnb style marketplace where we allow, you know, people who own this equipment, people and companies who own this equipment can list it for rent and then people who need to use the equipment can rent it. And then we also provide uh, really professional services. Like we're a full service company, so we provide insurance and delivery and listing services as well um, to make it really easy. Cool, we'll we'll get into the details a little bit later (laughs) too because I'm curious about that for myself. Um, Because I am, I got your emails and I signed up um, pretty pretty quickly after that. Great. Um, I have not really got into putting up my equipment yet on on the, on the marketplace, but we can do that uh, for you. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, but what I'm curious about is, and and I'm actually talking on Thursday to uh, an individual, a friend of mine who is a programmer and is a senior programmer working uh, developing a couple apps and app technologies. And I'm really curious because we haven't ha- talked to too many, and it's and it's almost a good thing that you're not another filmmaker because I've had several on. Um, you studied business. You have your MBA uh, mm-hmm. from NYU. What's the specific name of the school? NYU Stern. NYU Stern yep. in business. Um, can you talk about, were you there from the ground up with KickSplit uh, from the very beginning? Mm-hmm. What was that like in terms of uh, maybe what you learned from business school? What's it like building something from the ground up? Because everybody has a great idea for an app. <laughs> But I always talk about how you know ideas are easy to come up with. Execution is is the hard part. So totally. Talk about what that that process is like. Yeah. So I was very fortunate. Um, I was at NYU Stern, and I met my co-founders, um, who were also at NYU in graduate school at the time. So Christina Budelis and Ken Amerit um, were both at NYU ITP. Um, which is a degree for uh, design and technology. It's really cool stuff. Um, So Christina and I were in a fellowship together specifically for students interested in entrepreneurship, and we were working on a film startup, like like working with this film startup. And she had the idea for KitSplit. And she kind of mentioned it. We were, like, getting drinks. She mentioned it casually. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, that's such a good idea. We have to do this. Um, So that was at the very end of our first year in grad school. And over the summer, we met like multiple times a week and like hammered out a business plan, did a ton of research, talked to a lot of people. Um, And then by, you know, so over the course of our last year in business school, or my business, my last year in business school, we we got sort of the groundwork for the company set up. Um, We even managed to get some investment from uh, dorm room fund, which is an organization run by uh, First Round Capital. They invest specifically in student-started companies. Um, and then we, when we graduated, we were uh, ready to launch um, and start start the company for real. So we incorporated, and we were also very uh, fortunate to be accepted into an accelerator program in New York um, called the Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator. And they invested in us and gave us a ton of mentorship and really got us on our feet. Um, so that was kind of the the start of everything. So you're saying it takes a village then? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just mentioned like, you know, just a few of the people who've been involved and sort of the, the folks who've supported us. But yeah, t- we've got, you know, we're very fortunate to have had a lot of help and advice. And that sounds like a really great 
kind of trajectory that you were on kind of coming out of grad school and you have this idea you know not everybody has that idea necessarily um or maybe they're working on multiple ideas at the at the same time can you talk a little bit about that process of of it seems like all of you wanted <clears throat> wanted to work on the same project and the same idea. That belief that you might have of that you know it's going to work out, or you know <laughs> you know you want to spend X amount of time per week on this because you you have a belief that it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really jumped into it. Um, so I I had been working. You know, I I had so I personally knew I was interested in entrepreneurship and media specifically. Um, I had been working at a few startups, media-related startups in New York during grad school. So I worked at a company called VHX, um, which was just acquired by Vimeo. Um, I worked at another company called uh, FilmBuff. And then that summer, I was working at Broadway Video, which is Lauren Michaels' company. You know, they're responsible for Saturday Night Live and all amazing shows. Um, and so I had I was really studying up on the industry. Um, and you know when and and I had grown up in the industry so I knew that there was this huge challenge with resources in general for filmmakers and all sorts of creative people and equipment is you know one of the most expensive things that uh, expensive line items on a budget so all of that served to really get me excited like I when Christina told me about her idea it just really made sense um and then I had been in business school studying startups and studying you know business models that work this really seemed like a smart idea because it's very high value, very expensive equipment, um, hard for people to buy. Um, and people are, there's already a habit of sharing equipment among filmmakers and videographers. Um, so we wanted to make that habit um, more formal and safer. Some of the people that I know that work in, especially app development, um, some people say to me, I hate my industry. The reason they say that is because of the way in which um, the, kind of the arms race in order to create some sort of app or, or website or some sort of uh, online service before somebody else does. Can you talk at all about that? Any pressure that you felt kind of bringing it to market, as they say, or or anything like that, that um, it is such a good idea that somebody else could potentially come up with it and, and beat you to it? Uh, so I find myself being kind of an impatient person in general, where like once I have an idea, I want to like see it happen immediately, um, which is obviously impossible. Um, but we definitely, we wanted to get um, some version of our company out there, um, bef- you know, without actually having to build it. So we were we used a pre-built marketplace platform um, when we first like, when we first got KitSplit going. And that was a way to just get it up really quickly and start testing the idea and getting getting people to list equipment, getting people to rent, getting the word out. Um, and we learned a ton uh, from that about how people use the platform. And then while we were on this pre-built one, we built our own ourselves. Um, so we were kind of using like the lean startup method where you get something, you know, it's like perpetual beta. You get something that's not quite perfect out there and you learn about how people use it and then continuously improve on it. Um, yeah, so that's our, then our process. And it's allowed us to get going quickly and get things up. Um, One question I had was, are there rental houses that saying, well, I should have thought of that? <laughs> um, is there any criticism that you know of potential undercutting or anything like that that you've heard of? 
You know, we're really uh, mindful of preventing a scenario of undercutting. Um, You know, some of the gig economy companies out there have, you know, like Uber, for instance, gets a lot of bad sort of press for treated for mistreating their their drivers. Um, with us, you know, we've we've personally been on both sides of our marketplace as both owners and renters, and we know that a lot of our members um, own equipment that they list on KitSplit, but then also rent in addition. So we really make a huge effort to make to treat both sides of the marketplace um, fairly. Um, and like you know, ultimately we're building a community, and we're we've got these amazing people on the platform, and they're so excited about meeting each other. Um, we don't want to sort of favor one side over the other. Um, and so far, you know, feedback is that it's it is treating people fairly, and that everyone's kind of winning. Um, and in terms of rental houses, you know, we've actually been really uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, we originally built the platform just for individuals. Um, but as we started growing it, rental houses began approaching us and joining the platform, you know, organically. Um, and it turns out it's a useful service for them as well. Um, we've been able to get, you know, at this point we've got 30 rental houses on the platform um, on the East Coast. And we've been able to bring more rentals to these rental houses. Um, and we also help them with insurance and, and uh, fraud prevention. So we actually make it safer for them. Um, you know, a lot of, I don't know if everyone knows this, but a lot of rental houses require insurance. They require the renter to have insurance in order to rent. And not everyone does. Not all the renters do. Um, so especially if you're on a smaller production or just doing something for a weekend, rental houses sometimes have to turn people away. But with KidSplit, we have insurance, an instant purchase process, so you can get it really easily. So rental houses have been using us, and then when people come to them without insurance, they just say, hey, join KidSplit. You can rent our gear there, and you can get insurance to get covered. Uh, can you talk then about, you know, you started in New York City, which is an, a no-brainer in terms of how much equipment is, is in that city and how many producers are. Yeah. Um, and then talk about the push through the East Coast, and how I heard how I heard about you was through an email, um, and then I checked out the DC map, and I was able to see what cameras and equipment are available Great. within my mile radius. So that was pretty cool. But talk about how how you've been growing over the past you know year. Yeah, most of it. So yeah, we, like you said, we we launched in New York and have been growing a ton there. Um, in New York, we have about five thousand filmmakers and production companies who are listing and renting. Um, so really great community. And then we noticed, you know, that people we hadn't officially launched in other parts of the country, but we noticed that people were joining. So D.C., Philadelphia, Boston, we started seeing like a good number of people joining and listing gear. So it was a perfect uh, signal that those should be the next places to go. Well, it doesn't even necessarily mean people have to live there. If if people from New York are coming to D.C. and looking for a camera, they could look up in the D.C. area as well. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Like we heard from our renters like, hey, like we're going down to Philadelphia. We're going down to D.C. Can you help us find gear? Um, And I think it makes sense, you know, almost globally, which is crazy, um, because I've been on shoots in the middle of nowhere, you know, not the middle of nowhere, but even cities that I'm completely unfamiliar with, like Dallas one time. We (laughs) needed an extra two wireless mics in Dallas, and we had to call a series of four or five people and call Jim down the street, (laughs) and then he'll connect you with somebody else that knows an, an audio guy that might have something available. 
So this kind of takes takes care of that in a sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Ultimately, we're going to be national and then we'll go international, like you said, global. Um, and, you know, the more places we go, the more valuable the marketplace will be, um, specifically for the reason that you just mentioned, for people who are traveling and need to find gear. And I think as we were me- as we were talking before we started, um, what I've noticed in, in D.C., in the D.C. market, is that it's been kind of, you know, in New York, you have B&H or other big rental places that you can kind of get access to or a big community, like you said, 5,000 filmmakers. D.C., you have a couple rental houses on the outskirts of the city, but there's been several ventures that have been closed down because of, you know, for whatever reason, everyone's getting, you know, buying their own cameras through, you know, cheaply on or borrowing from friends, as you say. So this is this is definitely, I think, a welcomed <laughs> addition, to uh, at least to the D.C. market. Go into a little bit more about um, the insurance, because that was one thing I didn't I've been exploring through the website, but I didn't see the details of that. Can you talk a little bit about how that works? Definitely. So, yeah, we uh, are very serious about safety on KidSplit and we want to protect the renter and we want to protect the owner. So we do a number of things. We vet everyone who joins um, to make sure they are who they say they are and do sort of like a little very light background check. Um, and then, yeah, insurance is the another main way that we protect people and their gear. Um, so we everything on KidSplit is insured and we require you know that the renter um, has insurance. So it's the renter's responsibility to take care of the equipment and cover the equipment while it's in their care. And we offer three options for insurance so that we can be as flexible as possible. Um, so the first is we sell an insurance product um, that was developed specifically for our customers. Um, so it's a short-term insurance, uh, equipment rental insurance, um, very affordable, very easy to buy, literally like one click. Um, and then uh, if you so for so that's great for people who don't yet have insurance. If you already have insurance, you can use that. Like if you have production insurance, um, and we we just verify it. So you send us a COI, um, and we call we verify it. Call up the insurance company to make sure it's uh, it's legit. It covers what you're trying to rent. Um, and then the third option is if you don't want to purchase insurance, you can leave a deposit for the full value of the equipment. And you know, if everything is works out, you get all that money back. If not, um, we deduct from that to pay the owner for any damages. Um, and I should say that we've had very few and very minor damages. You know, we've been doing this for a year, and almost no damages have occurred, um, which is amazing. And I think it's because we're building a community of people who are like-minded. They're part of this creative. Uh, process and they respect each other and um, it's you know they don't want to get a bad rep by by mishandling equipment cool and I I do like that kind of upfront I saw some of my friends on there like their pictures are on there too yeah Um, can you talk that's exactly where I was gonna go next with is the community so that there is the community that exists but is there in some way a community being formed through the app as well can you talk at all about that yeah totally so we're there is a community that's being formed through KidSplit, um and it's like just really cool people uh so we've got we've got f- folks making films and videos feature documentary um and then t- a lot of tv folks um as well as some photographers 
and even like virtual reality filmmakers and creators um, and some really like cutting edge artists working in film and code and all of that. Um, and we've been hearing these amazing stories of people like meeting each other on KitSplit, you know, because one of they're renting to and from each other, and then they sort of befriend each other. And like we've heard people get jobs from this process, and like join join uh, sort of groups together. Um, so yeah, so people are really excited about meeting each other, and we're we love it. And we've actually been doing in New York, we've been doing some events to foster the community, like in real life. Um, so we, we've been doing uh, a bunch of screenings to showcase our members' work and bring people together. Um, and they've been really awesome. We did a couple of screenings of virtual reality projects. Um, so we, we had the head of virtual reality at the Wall Street Journal, at the New York Times, and a couple of other companies present their work. Um, which was really cool. It's you, it's rare to see virtual reality work, especially in like a large group setting. Um, so that was awesome. And we've done a couple of other things like that to just bring people together, make this community, you know, happen in, in real life as well as online. Awesome. We're almost out of time. It's um, But I wanted to get your take because I'm, what I'm curious about looking back at your experience and also your work um, in grad school and in your undergrad through business, what advice would you have for somebody that may be interested in getting into, you know, creating an online um, business or app development or a startup? Is it what you learned in school really valuable or all of the sum of your um, experience kind of coming to fruition? So, yeah, that's a good question. I feel very lucky to have gotten an MBA. Um, and Stern was so helpful. I had a full scholarship, so it was like the best thing ever. Nice. <laughs> but you, I don't think it's necessary. There, we live in this like golden era. This is like a cliche, but like we live in a, it's true. We live in a golden era of like information, and there's there's so much generosity in the startup world about informa- about sharing best practices. So like everything you need to know is online. Like you can research everything. Um, so I guess my main my main piece of advice for someone who's interested in starting a company um, is do a lot of research before you build anything, before you, you know, start incorporating, um, talk to people, get the, you know, like actually go out and test your idea with people and get feedback um, and do a lot of research online. It's all there. <laughs> how, I'm curious, how big is the team that you had when you started and how big is the team now? So when we started a year ago, it was the three of us, um, Christina, Ken, and me. Um, and then we've got about eight people now, um, and we're hiring. We're hiring a community manager, if anyone out there is interested. Um, so yeah, we're growing. Awesome. Very good. So any parting words? Um, how, can they, how can people find out more information about KidSplit? If you want to find out more about KitSplit, visit kitsplit.com. So that's K-I-T-S-P-L-I-T.com. Um, We're always here to answer any questions, help you find gear. Um, oh, and I have a, a discount code for listeners. Oh, cool. If that's okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Discount code. If you use the discount code KitSplit15, you can get 15% off your... Uh, your first rental. Um, and yeah, we're excited to meet folks in the DC Arlington community. Great. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on, sharing a bit about your 
your history, your past, your way into to media, and also um, a bit about Kit Split. Media on the Radio is recorded at Arlington Independent Media. For more information, visit arlingtonmedia.org. A lot of people have been giving me great feedback through email and in person, and I really appreciate it. But if you can just go to the iTunes page, find Media on the Radio, and just give us four or five stars or six or how many ever you know that they have, whichever the top number is, and then write a little description about why and how Media on the Radio has helped you in your life. It's changed your life, and it's one of the best podcasts, not only on the topic of media, but just in life. So, great. Thanks. You can go to waitwhatpro.com to find past episodes of Media on the Radio, 